are listening to In Pursuit of Development with Dan Bannock. Greetings from London, where my family and I are currently celebrating Christmas. I hope you are also enjoying the holidays wherever you are. This is a special bonus episode to thank you for listening to the show and for your encouragement, suggestions, comments, and support throughout the year. We currently have listeners spread across the world in 160 countries and counting. And while much of the success of the show is due to my absolutely fabulous guests, I'm also lucky to have a wonderful team to assist me at the University of Oslo. I wish to, in particular, thank Christopher Ring, our IT guru, and Oda Fagerland, Bella Reed, and Eliska Sotova for research assistance and transcripts. My colleague Desmond McNeil, who was on the show earlier this year discussing the power of ideas and metaphors in international development policy, has invented a game which he calls acronization. This game is designed to test your knowledge about international organizations and bilateral aid agencies. I believe this is a game that would be of great interest to you if you had the time to listen for the next five or six minutes. If you can identify 10 acronyms or more, Desmond would be delighted to receive an email from you latest by the 11th of January. I have provided his email address in the show notes. Now, as you're aware, season four of the show is well underway, and I can tell you now that we have many, many wonderful guests lined up for you. We will, however, take a short break and return on air in mid-January 2023. Until then, happy holidays and happy new year. Over to Desmond and the acronization game. I'm inviting you to take part in a competition or game to test your knowledge of international organizations and bilateral aid agencies. Much of my research concerns international organizations, but acronyms happen to be another interest of mine. And this game, which I called Acronization, brings the two together. I will read out a text, lasting about five minutes, to which you must listen very carefully, because it contains, hidden within it, the acronyms of a number of international organizations and bilateral aid agencies. For example, UNRIST or USAID. Your job is to identify them and write them down. I won't tell you how many there are, just find as many as you can. In order to give you a better idea of how this works, I will begin with an example. I will read a very short text in which are concealed the acronyms of two universities, one in Norway and one in England. Here goes. Listen very carefully. I rent out a flat to students and I needed to know whether I should reimburse the managing agent for the cost of the internet connection. So I rang her and asked, is it the UIO the money to? She told me that it was in fact the students, as leaseholders, who should pay. As she explained, according to the contract, it's the LSE that is responsible. Did you get them both? UIO for the University of Oslo, an LSE for the London School of Economics. I hope so, because the real test is rather more difficult. I've called the text The Trials and Tribulations of a Travelling Academic. So, here goes again. 
Get your pencil and paper at the ready. This is a story about my nightmare journey to deliver a paper at a conference in a far distant land. My problem started on arrival at the airport because there was something wrong with my passport. The immigration official took away my only other ID aiming, it seemed, to prevent me entering the country. I tried to impress him by claiming my father was an adjunct admiral in the British Army, but he was not impressed. Then I said that passports were, in any case, a rather new invention, but he knew better. They were issued in the US in 1775 AD before that country even became independent from yours, he told me. Eventually, however, after consulting with his boss, he returned and agreed that they could let me through this one time. You need only sign this additional piece of paper, he said. What name shall I put on it? Why not Smith J for John, I said jokingly. Anxious to display his knowledge of English high street bookshops, he cleverly responded, What about Smith? W-H? Oh, I see you've visited my country, I replied, pleased to be ending our conversation on a pleasant note. But my problems were still not over. Because next came the baggage handler, who was hopelessly incompetent. Oh, easy does it, I cried as he dropped my suitcase and then scraped it along the wall. I'll just wipe over the mark, he said cheerfully. It won't show. But I could see there was a nasty scratch. I'm afraid I don't agree, I said, tired and keen to reach my hotel. But I'll overlook it, your incompetence this time. But then the man asked for a tip, and I'm afraid we got into an argument, in which he turned out to be impressively articulate. What have you done to help me? I cried. Sweet F.A. Oh, no, sir, I've been doing my job. You have been very harsh with me. While I, you then endeavoured to do everything you asked. I reluctantly gave him a small coin and left the airport, where, by good fortune, I met another person attending the conference who was about to step into a taxi. Jika lift, he said, knowing that we were both staying at the conference hotel, and so I finally arrived safely without more ado. Before I went to bed, I had another look at my paper, which was about sustainable development and international organisations. I had written it in a hurry, and I felt indeed very diffident about presenting it at all. I had shown a draft to a colleague, who made some rather critical, even arrogant comments. In a fit of pique, I replied by email, Thank you for your detailed suggestions. Having read these carefully, I decided I should neither subtract nor add a single word to my text. Another colleague, however, was more constructive. You need to be careful, she said, because aid and human rights is a controversial issue. I suggest you include reference to the work of Wolfenson's former advisor. He was called Alfredo Svayunis, if I remember rightly. A third colleague was somewhat critical of my views on the environment. You're too radical, she said, like the Latin Americans. You and Escobar, you're as bad as each other. But here I was unwilling to concede a point. Some people would say I was too conservative, I replied. If I'd shown my paper to a political economist like Keith Griffin, he'd have said it was too tame. But if you'd shown it to Dan, he'd have said, Come on to my show, she jokingly replied, referring to a popular podcast presented by another colleague. So, as you can imagine, I had a sleepless night, tossing and turning, dreading the time when I would have to stand up in front of a large audience and present my half-baked ideas. But when I woke, I thought, I'm retired. I don't have to go on submitting myself to this torture. It isn't a great paper anyway. So I decided to present this one instead.
If you enjoyed this conversation, please spread the news among friends and colleagues and share the link to the podcast on social media. You can tag us on Twitter at Global Dev Pod and Dan Bannock. Thank you for listening to In Pursuit of Development with Professor Dan Bannock from the University of Oslo Center for Development and the Environment. Please email your questions, comments, and suggestions to inpursuitofdevelopment at gmail.com.